we met some Spanish and uh, they asked us um, if there was some kind of fat convention because <laughs> they were like <laughs> they saw a lot of people a lot of people are fat <laughs> and we were like the only ones that were seeing and we have the Spanish flag there and they approached us and asked hey guys there are some kind of fat convention or something like that <laughs> yet another contact lost episode we're continuing with the series called creme de la creme of the wtc or if you don't know what the abbreviation stands for is for world team championships today we have an exceptional guest for the first time on uh, on our show we have uh gabriel fernandez from team spain welcome buddy hello thank you for having me here it's great to have you uh, hopefully uh, you won't have any secrets, and you will be very open with your answers about everything that we uh, that we talk about. Then I have my co-host Joker. Hey guys, and uh, our becoming a regular guest uh, Nathan Henning from Snapchat. Hi. <laughs> I'll remember. I remembered this time not to leave an awkward silence between. My <laughs> yes, yes. He actually listened to me because the last time, if you haven't watched the last episode, when we started, I introduced Nathan. He just, I think, nodded his head, and that was it. So for the people at home who are listen, listening on Spotify, it was like a moment of awkward silence. Like I got completely ignored <laughs> when I introduced Nathan. So this time, uh, it went a lot better. Yeah. So, uh, if you are with us for the first time, uh, this is, I think, the fourth part of the series. We've done one with uh, uh, Liam Hackett from Australia. We've done it, done it with Team Poland. We've done it with... Canada. Canada as well, right? And now Team Spain. So, Gabriel, I think... Or Gabriel, sorry. I think it's it would be much better if you introduced yourself instead of me doing the introduction. So, fire away. Uh, how have you become the Team Spain's captain? How long have you been playing the game? Uh, what are you counting for at the WTC this year? So, as you said, my name is Gabriel Fernandez. I live here in Spain. It's um, in like the northwest of Spain, near Santiago de Compostela, which is one of the most recognizable cities of Spain. And what I say, I've been playing uh, the miniature games like uh, since uh, I have 14 years old. I, I'm actually 31. So a lot of time. First, I started playing uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I think it was like the sixth edition or something like that. And then when the eighth edition came and so uh, we transitioned into 40k. And from that point on, I never stopped playing 40k, even in the darkest times of 6th edition, 7th edition. <laughs> uh, I started uh, my competitive career in, like, say, uh, in those times, and I started playing more big tournaments here in Spain. And then after that, 
I started going outside my first uh, international event. I think it was the WTC, but not this WTC, the Winter Team Championship held in, um, in Croatia. I think, yes, in, I don't remember the exact city in this moment, but it was in Croatia. And it was a real good experience. I have a lot of fun and next year I repeat it. And in, that was my first international event. I also went to to France once in uh, Mediterranean Cap, I think it was. And how I became a Team Spain captain? Well, I started to apply for being a player, but I'm not that good. So <laughs> I ended up being a captain after uh, a lot of years uh, working with the guys with the team, uh, the, the captains before me. And my greatest contribution to the community in those times, I think it was uh, that uh, I was reading like, the, the rules uh, and the FAQ and so on, I was like a, a reference for the state the, in, in some manner. And I think that's the, the way I, I came into being the captain, more or less. So are you a non-playing captain then? Am I getting that right? Yes, I'm non-playing captain because I'm too bad. <laughs> I was better uh, in the early stage of my career. I, when the World Star was a thing, I was good because <laughs> you didn't have to play almost. <laughs> so yes, I, I, I still be, I'm a, a player in the, in the national uh, environment. So, but in the WTC, I just uh, I'm the captain, and that's it. Okay. So, Spain has been to the majority of the ETCs and WTCs uh, that happened. I think, uh, for, if I if I read this correctly, Spain has been there since what 2008. Uh, so, what brings you to the WTC? I mean. From what I saw, the highest place that Spain has ever taken was the second place, which is amazing. Um, but do you come there to actually win, to dominate, or do you come there for, I don't know, the vibe of the whole place or the camaraderie that is there? What brings the Spanish team to the uh, event year after year after year? We always come to win. Uh, we have a... Um... Like some previous years before me as a captain, uh, there was like a, a bit of dark time regarding the WTC because not a lot of people here in Spain supported the, the format, supported the team. And they, it was difficult to find players, actual players to to play the, in this tournament. Actually, in one of the, the years, uh, they had a really tough uh, moment to, to select players because no one wanted to come. Now it's it is not the case, of course, right now, but it happened in earlier years. But as I say, now our goal is to win, always to win. Okay, and in Spain, do you? I mean, does the majority of the country play according to the WTC rules, or do you have your own home rules, or do you follow the GW standard? What is it like? And do you prepare specifically for this event or yeah how does it work we have like two um tournament format one is the wtc and the other one is w and uh, gw 
And we have like uh, some tournaments go for one and some other tournaments go for the other. For the WTC, of course, we train with the WTC rules, WTC terrain, and that. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are still two formats. I think you also have a huge team tournament actually in Spain, right? That gathers like in the in around six, seven hundred people. So uh, does that use the WTC format and is it really that popular and is 40k competitive uh, popular in general in Spain? Yes, it is uh, quite popular, but maybe, um, well, uh, Talaver, the Talavera GT is the one you are talking about. It is the, the biggest one in here in Spain, and it gathers, like, as you said, like 600, uh, 700 people. Uh, I think last year were, like, uh, between, uh, like, something like 480 players, but it is a quite big amount, given that. And that tournament specifically uh, is WTC. I think the, the last two years was uh, WTC. I'm I'm sure the last year was WTC, but I'm not hundred percent sure if the the year before was WTC. But yes, there there is a, a lot of community here, and um, Talavera is the biggest. But there are a lot of big tournaments here that gather a lot of people from different parts of Spain, which is very good, of course. Yeah, I was going to say one of the first things I heard about Spain was both Talavera, but then also some of the single events that were very large also. It's one of the first times that I'd heard anything about somebody was like, yeah, so LVO's got competition in Spain, which was not what I predicted like at first. But one of the things that's interesting to me is you said that WTC is not like a very heavily supported like team environment previously. Was there a reason for that in Spain? <laughs> Mm, I think um, in the earlier years, uh, the team was uh, made, well, I made, if you want me to explain how I made the team, or maybe I can talk about it later, um, however you want. But the in the earlier stages, it was like um, one guy just decided the whole team, practically, mm -hmm. and maybe that was like uh, not good not good impression for everybody and understandable, of course. And I think that's the point uh, that came, that brings uh, people to be a little uh, away from the, um, from the system, you know? Yeah. And the captains after the first one, I think they try to open the community, try to open the, the team to, to make everybody just be a part for the team or try to be a part of the team. But uh, it is uh, hard when you have uh, the first impression, you know. Sure. Um, and I guess even, that even in my experience, I have like the consequences of that. I still, I'm still uh, like um, seeing like a guy who selects the team, and that's it. Uh, I don't know how to express it, but I think you understand me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that leads naturally into the next question, which is how do you select your team in Spain? Yeah. Um, this year, uh, I select the team, but not only myself. I have a coach. So we both selected the, the two first players of the team, which were like the best players. I think everybody in the competitive stand in, in Spain will select the same two players. So. I don't think anybody has uh, complained about that. And from that point on, we stayed selecting two people 
uh, in two people. I mean, the me, the coach, and the two selected players chose another two players. Then the, the all selected players and and both of us uh, selected another two and another two. That's the way we we picked the team this year, according to the results, according to the participation, according this year to the time available to play because it was expected to be the the new edition and that point was a bit uh, hard for us because um, the team was selected and we don't know anything about the the meta about the rules it is changing too much and then the game is totally different so this year it was a bit of a challenge to to pick the team it was a a little blind pick in the end because we don't know that many things but uh, in the moment the team was selected i think it was the team the best team uh, we could get all right so who... oh go ahead hey, go on nathan go on mm-hmm. oh i was just gonna ask who is on the team then who do you have on your team this year i have the first two players were luis Teroxer. you might know him because he went to las vegas he went to a lot of tournaments internationally he also has a golden ticket from here in Spain. And the other one is Ivan Andres, which is called uh, Wackdog. I think it is his nickname. He also participated in some tabletop simulator tournaments against Poland and some screams against France and so on. And he had a stellar participation these two years, this year and the last one. So both of us, both of them were, I think, the, the first to expected players to be in the team. Then I don't remember the order exactly, but there were Raven, which it's not Raven. I am Raven, he's Raven, <laughs> which is Gonzalo. He's from Spain. He is a really good player, very young. And he, I think he also got an, um, a golden ticket from Spain, from uh, the Andorra GT, I think. Yeah, recently, so, I, I don't know if it was StatCheck or 6++ or some other place where they were reviewing the lists of people who have won events and i remember raven was there and they were whoever the host of the show uh where they were deliberating whether that is a name a surname or a nickname but uh, <laughs> a nickname. It, it stuck with definitely me, so. a nickname <laughs> so i guess he won a gt or something not so far ago maybe it was even for the golden ticket i, I can't, can't remember uh but definitely yeah the, the name stuck with me Yes, yes, I think he won the Andorra GT yeah. and, and got a golden ticket from that. Mm-hmm. The other players are Deckers, who is a, one of the veteran players. I think he's he didn't go to every ATC, but almost. So he's a real veteran and he all the time he went, he did a, a, a good a good tournament. So we expect him to, to do a great job this year too. Then we have another veteran who is Odro Roger, which is from the the East Spain of Spain, which is a, also a, a veteran from the past, and and he's doing a good job. What more we have? We have Alejandro Mancuso, which is uh, one of the best uh, individual players we, we have here in Spain. Then we have. Uh, 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 Marco, remember the last one. Yeah, it is the. <laughs> I don't even know who who I said already. <laughs> uh, Marco is the one is the captain of the best team here in Spain, which is Conclave. 
they almost they won all the tournament letting tournaments they win they or they win or they stay in top three so here's the captain and he's a real good player a safe player and i think he will do very well here in the in the wtc Nice. What else do we have? Let me double check my list because I need some memory. <laughs> you don't want to forget anybody. Somebody no, might I don't li want to offend light anybody. up your Discord DMs later. Yeah. Uh, you didn't <laughs> say my name. How could you? Okay. <laughs> Although okay, I must admit okay. that from, oh, from we what have you've... a. Yeah, go on. Tell me, tell me. I just wanted to say that from from what you've already mentioned, it sounds like a powerful roster and like a roster <laughs> of you know this mixture of both young talent and seasoned players with experience, or at least you know that's what I make out of it. Yes, I that was the the intention, not the intention. I um, I mean, th there was not the goal of the team, but it it is nice to keep players from the past because they have the experience from the WTC, from the pressure of the rounds and so on, and you have to keep fresh players that uh, bring the emotion, bring the passion. I think it it is needed in in any team, both of these things. The last player is Manuel. <laughs> which is a, probably one, if not the best, one of the best players we have in Spain, uh, as, uh, the same as Mancuso. And this guy already won the individual, in, in, sorry, individual uh, a fantasy ninth age uh, WTC. Okay. And the team event, wow. and the team event uh, WTC fantasy edition too. So this guy is a, a power track. And he's doing great in 40k too, so we expect him to to be a star. Okay, so yeah, there is, that's there is the a lot complete roster, and we have the uh, Chandre, which is uh, the host from the La Voz de Oros, which is a famous podcast here in Spain, which is our coach. Nice. Wow! Yeah, absolutely. And how many non-playing uh, staff are you bringing and bringing uh because you've got yourself the non-playing captain uh you've mentioned the coach but i didn't make whether he's playing or not uh well i guess if a coach then he's not playing uh is there anyone else uh, only me as a captain chandra as a coach but he's in the organizing team so maybe he cannot bring that uh, much of a help in the tournament uh, in, in that moment but he will try i guess and we have uh, the recording team which is uh, from the the, the organizers of uh, talavera gt which is the uh, el cobrador del Guaj. it is the, the name of the club and one of the guys i think he's coming to to record to stream and to just come with us in the in the tournament, but only me as a, only me and Chandra as a coaches and non-players. Oh, that's it. So you've explained what your role as a non-playing coach before the event is going to be. But to our listeners, you know, to people who, who for whom it might be the first experience with the WTC at all, like what's the point of a non-playing captain at the event? Is there any specific role that you are going to play? Well, I think it helps uh, with the parents to be outside of the gaming table because you don't have that pressure of I have to finish my parents and go to the table and play. And uh, everyone sees his pairing in a particular manner. I think it's good to have a person outside of the of the gaming that uh, 
has an, uh, a particular side of everything instead of my pairing and, and my focus and that's it. I think it's it's good for the parents and uh, last year's um, I think now we all have we all know how to pair. We all know how the to come to cover the matrix, how the pairing works. But uh, in earlier years, it was a, a very difficult thing to do, and a very tiring thing to do. So it is nice to have just a guy that uh, does the pairings and that's it, because you end a little bit of tired about uh, doing the process of pairings, and and I think it's good that the 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 captain just do the pairings and that, or or you have a person that carries the weight of a pairing and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, apart from the pairing, it is good to to have a, a person who helps you with the language barrier, which is, we are Spanish, so our English is, uh, you know. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> it is a real thing. I try to be to do my best, but I'm not the greatest English speaker. But I think I am one of the best speakers in my team, so you can see the problem. <laughs> Again, you said uh, that. Yeah, I, I, yeah you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> it is a real thing. Um, but apart from the language, it is nice to have some people that just uh, checks the rules, checks the FAQ, brings water. It is important to just to, uh, stay focused on the game for the players and anything that comes outside of the, their moves, their things, uh, that have a people that supports them. And if someone gets a bit uh, mad, a bit, uh, it didn't happen to me because the last year was uh, very, very nice for me. It was a, a really pleasant experience. But you, it had, it can happen. It happened happen that uh, a person just uh, get out of his mind. He gets mad or something, and you have to just stay with him. And he's a person. He has his rights to to be mad for anything, and and you have to support your players and help anybody that needs some help. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because um, essentially to me that the captain, especially a non-playing captain, I think that person must be like the, the his own team's biggest uh, cheerleader because it's not only about uh, you know, doing the pairings, the matrices, whatever, but it's also about motivation and morale on the team. So have you had... You've, you said, I don't know if it was in the pre-show or, or already in the recording, but you said that you've been captain for four years. So in your four years of experience as a captain, have you ever had to you know, lift someone up or like help the team get back on track or something like this? Well, I have to say that I cheated a bit in the four years because two years there was no WDC. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's I you, gather a team. <laughs> I gather a team. I play with the community, but there was no WTC, so it, it doesn't count uh, in reality. So um, gotcha. <laughs> my year as a captain in the in the tournament was last year, and okay. last year I didn't have any any problem with any player because there were there were amazing every one of them. Every single okay. one of them were. Nice. Of course, you have some tension in some games, but it is normal. It is a, a high tension moment, and you have some discussions. But that's what that was it. No problem. Which, at all, is, I think. which is testament to the fact that you must be a good captain and you selected a good team if there were no tensions and so on. So I mean, kudos. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Do you have any questions, or should I just shoot I, with mine? <laughs> oh, oh no! I was gonna. I, I was Go like on. asking fun questions. 
So what? which team is Spain gunning for? Who is the rival team for Spain? Who do you want to beat and why? Why do you want to beat them in particular? Well, I want to hear I... some I want to hear some trash talk about on this episode. It can be England. You can always say anybody but <laughs> England and just keep go on that. <laughs> we have something like this, like England trash talk here in Spain, but with the Andalusian guys, you know, Who doesn't? With, with with this southern guys. I don't know why. I I actually know some of people there and they are everyone is fine, but we trash talk them with no reason, I think. <laughs> so, and according to your question, uh, we have uh, like a, well, personally, I because I, this was my experience last year. I have like three teams, four maybe that I want to beat. But we have a really good, I think, relationship with them. Well, the first one is Australia. I don't have any relationship with Australia, and we didn't play against them, and we don't have any contact with them. But I want to to play against them because for me it is a complete mystery how a team that is in like the other part of the world which no contact with the with europe with north america or so on or poland which is like the strongest team are north america maybe poland you know and they are like away from it all and they managed to win the individual individual uh, tournament and the team tournament and they already they they also won um, like the best sportsmanship. So for me, it is completely amazing, and I cannot understand how they didn't even play tabletop simulator. So for me, it's total total mystery how they managed to do that. And I want to to play against them this year to to check how the fuck they do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they do it. They you know first they came for our Eurovision and then they came for our WTC. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Australia have no mercy. Australia? Don't they have their own continental? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Australia. Wait, time out. <laughs> <laughs> Australia competes in Eurovision? Yes, it does. That's... I don't know why. I, noticed that. I think they've yet to win one. But uh, yeah, they've been attending for the last couple of years. They've been doing better than Poland, definitely. <laughs> Who has Spain, probably. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. Oh, but okay. now I don't know. Who are the other three teams? The Who other three. These... The, the first one is Poland, because, of course, they are one of the top dogs of the uh, the history of the ATC. And we may played against them like in a lot of TTS. Now, uh, this last uh, month, they we didn't play against them, but uh, the last year was like I don't know. We played uh, five scrims against them or something like that. A lot of them we won, some we lost, of course, and some we draw. But it was a a real uh, competition, you know. It, it was a very tight uh, games, and it was a, a real pleasure. Uh, and last year was. Um, I don't remember who was the captain, but it, it was a pleasure to to play with them. It was very nice, and they are top dogs. So you always want to to win against Poland. The third one is Germany because we played against them last year in the group stage, and the Lim, who was the captain last year, was telling me, "Oh, you win, you win. Don't worry, you win, you win." And I, I was saying to him, "No, mate, we." We are lucky if we draw, and we ended up losing, and it was a deception, of course. It was a, a very bad thing. 
but uh, it was a pleasure to play with him and Lim it is a, he is a, just a god he is a real good person and a real good captain and it was a pleasure to to meet him last year i think this year just um, is just um, with the with the rules team so he's not he's captain the of the um, the team germany anymore i don't know who is the team germany captain right now but i expect him to be as good as Lim and so the standards are very high oh. And we want to we want to get our revenge of last year, of course. And the last team is England because England, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing bad. Uh, we uh, fight against them in the last round of the WTC last year, and we were they were um, as demolished as we were because our expectations of the WTC last year was to to end up uh, in the top. Maybe not winning, but it was our aim in the same as this year. The goal is always to win. But we last year we practiced like a lot, and we have had a lot of work on on our shoulders. But we got fact about the with the um, the last uh, changes. Uh, I don't know the balance that slate, the last balance that that slate that entered mm -hmm. WTC. Uh, fact that's uh, big. Because we it ended up, late, uh, right? it yes, like it was like a two or three weeks before the dead list, and, and that was awful for us because we don't have the the tools to gather all the team uh, like other countries do. They, they gather uh, like uh, a week before uh, this uh, sending of lists, and they gather all the team and they keep like uh, one week of practice. We just practice like a weekend. And um, yeah, it, it was a mess for us. So we and we got uh, one uh, army totally wrong. So that penalized mm -hmm. it like a lot of for us. Okay. And England, we, I think it, they lost uh, more or less the same rounds as us, and they came there to win. Uh, he had they had Manny Chima on the team, and like a lot of personalities. And I think it was a, a bad tournament for them, the same for us. So we lost against them, and that was even worse for us. So we have we need our revenge too. Awesome, revenge is always a good motivator. Yeah, yeah. But yes. I have to say that the environment and the community there—it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, and you've brought us some interesting stories. So I think that's what it's all about at, at events such as that one. Uh, obviously, apart from winning the whole thing and uh, showing everyone who's boss. Yeah, that comes. That definitely are, comes. Are you going to do anything different this year to kind of get around what you just said? Are you guys going to have one last major team meeting if they drop a balance patch right before rules drop this year? Well, uh, last year was like my real first year as a captain uh, regarding to the tournament itself. So it was a bit of a lack of experience in, from my part. So it was uh, my bad. I, I already told the team it was my bad because we, I think it, some things could have gone differently if, with more preparation, with more uh, carefully seeing the dates and so on. And I think this year we have it like uh, we already have set the, the meetings uh, according to the list submission before and after the list submission. I think it is a bit more... Uh, calculated than the last year. So for my part, I think is I'm doing better 
the team uh, was selected by everyone, so I think that's better also. So I don't know how um, how I could improve this, but um, we'll see later, of course, with the feedback we got from the tournament. So, so whilst we're on the topic of preparations, uh, how did uh, your preparations look this year then? Did you do more or less TTS scrimmages? Did you maybe travel abroad to participate in events in other countries to get that more international playing experience? Or maybe you've had uh, just a lot of team meetups and try to test within the team um, and think that stands out? Well, um, it is a bit of a difficult thing to prepare for this year because uh, it is uh, 29th of June and we didn't have the final missions of the who will be that will be played and we don't have the terrain, so it is uh, playing in a vacuum for the moment. So it is is a bit hard for for us to prepare. Uh, the plan is to just play as much as we can, uh, tabletop simulator, of course. I don't think we have any scream because the crossing information with other teams can be bad, even because yeah, the data exchange, you know, you, you can see the list and you don't even, uh, with things you didn't even think about it. And mm -hmm. it can uh, be a good thing, for, of course, for the team that gets the idea. But the bad thing for the team that gives the idea. I, I don't know if yeah. I'm explaining correctly. Yeah. Um, but we play. You don't want to we... give away the golden goose or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, your yeah. plans. I'm, I guess uh, the, all the teams are doing again. something the same like that because last year, as, as I said earlier, uh, we had a lot of screams. And for the moment, I didn't receive any notification about any team wanting a scream against Team Spain. So I guess all the teams are in the same point. Uh, so the plan is to practice uh, TTS, of course. Uh, and when we have the final tables, it will be better. It will be a real testing. And we have two meetings, as I've said, uh, one before the list and one after the list. And the national tournaments that come in that for the date. And I think we are not going out for the international events for the moment, because I think the main reason here is uh, we are not fucking rich. And uh, everybody is spending <laughs> his money and, and his summer vacations on, on the WTC. So for us, it is a big impact because we don't have uh, a lot of support from the community money-wise. Um, this year, I try to make... Um, some contribution from the community in the form of uh, one euro per participant in the WTC circuit for tournaments. Mm -hmm. But it was not well received because, you know, the ideas for from the people here in Spain, it's a bit like uh, you are giving uh, money for others to go to the WTC and maybe goes a cheater or a toxic player and I don't want to give any money to that shit. Okay, it's understandable, but we are not the team of Spain that was like a hundred years ago. Hmm. So right. it is not the, the same thing, but here people in Spain still sees the, the thing, something like that. So we have uh, almost zero support from the from the community money-wise, of course. There are a lot of people that, that uh, uh, encourages the WTC, that, uh, that helps the team a lot. But uh, for the part of money, everyone is 
putting his money and it is a bit of uh, inversion, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's completely understandable. I mean, uh, it's probably an issue that most or many of the teams at the WTC actually struggle with because you've mentioned the Australians who have to travel half of the world. So do the Americans and so on. But even if you're in Europe, I mean, Polish team also has, uh, and I don't know if it's a topic that has been mentioned before, but the Polish team uh, needed to create like an association that is that that somehow collects money for to send people to the WTC. Uh, they have they cooperate with a shop uh, mm. here in Poland that basically like w- whenever they do uh, a podcast, for example, they put a link and it's called an affiliation link in their description. And if you click on that link and buy something on the website, a certain piece of the, the, the price that you pay for the goods goes towards the Polish national team so that they can actually afford to go to the WTC. It isn't a very broadly brought up topic, I guess, but it's a struggle for major- the majority of the teams, I would say, not just Spain. Yeah, I know yeah. that Canada also has sponsors for their team. Um, I think Creature Caster is one of their sponsors, for example. Like, hats off I'm, to Creature Caster, by the way. Hats off to Creature Caster <laughs> for sponsoring one of their national teams. Somebody in Spain, I don't like pick that up, pick up that sponsorship deal. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. Maybe we have another captain because I'm too ugly, so I don't attract people. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you 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 clearly have a knack for for gathering the right people around you. Just find the person who can get you a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. and that's it. <laughs> I try to gather some money with the with the as I say the tournament circuit. But uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Okay, let's go yeah. on the topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. You've mentioned you've mentioned the community uh, that you don't have a lot of um, like community support money-wise. Uh, so let's not look at money-wise. Let's look at you know the other kind of support. So is is there any expectation in the community uh, towards the national team? Like, do, do, or or is there any? support and backing like you know people actually cheering at home when when you are there yeah are, um, are people following how are you getting on during exactly. the event etc yes yes there are we have a well have a created a whatsapp group which now has like um 130 more or less people interested in the wtc competitively so everything that um, surrounds the team i post there so people are informed about that and when the tournament itself comes up there are a lot of people in instagram maybe facebook is not the preferred method but in instagram and the in the whatsapp groups there are a lot of activity and they are asking for news for and they cheer they support the team so yes maybe you... it's not the the greatest of uh, the community the the biggest part of the community but it is a part important and we appreciate that of course are you on discord and is there any discord community in spain no, uh, well, we have one for the tablet simulator, but not related with WTC. You ask for a game and you have it, but mm-hmm. not not related with WTC. We only okay. work with the, mostly with WhatsApp, uh, Instagram, and that's it for the moment. That's also interesting mm-hmm. because every single country seems to be like you know uh, gathering their community around the team in a different way. But I think what what Poland, uh, the United States, uh, Canada. Australia have in common is that they all moved from moved away from like forums and not the old ways into Discord, which 
in Poland at least, that exploded. And the last year, the following during the event was mind blowing. So maybe that's a an avenue to explore, or something like that. Maybe we can try mm. next year. Okay. Joker, Nathan. Again, I have plenty of questions that I don't know about you. <laughs> I've got one as well, uh, and that's related to the to the tournament itself. So, uh, and I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask anyway. So, how do you feel about the situation that we're currently in? So, like you said, no maps. A new edition just dropped, so the meta is a bit unknown, although we're getting some first numbers and impressions uh, from uh, tournaments around the world. Um, does that give you a feeling of confidence that maybe this is uh, a chance to uh, challenge the top teams, or does it make you feel a bit uncomfortable uh, because uh, you don't feel as confident, maybe, uh, in the uh, creating some rosters of your own that uh, can define the meta? Uh, it is um, difficult to, to evaluate the, the meta right now because we all, all know, I think, who who is the top boss, which is the Elder, which is the Imperial Knight, which is the towering keyword. Yeah. And we don't know how were the tables, the, the games, the, the, the reported games were. You know, uh, because uh, they had windows. What was uh, like that? Because uh, the the towering keyword is pretty amazing, pretty pretty powerful, and it depends. But it depends uh, on a table. So if you play in a table with everything open, and of course the Imperial Knight is king, and you got the five zero in a tournament with this, because the I think the game is not designed of, for that. Because you need, if you are playing with towering, you need uh, some ruins that really uh, obstructs line of sight, not with the open windows. So it is, um, I don't know how to evaluate the, the results here because I don't think it's the, the real game uh, which will be playing at the WTC. And according to the Elder, uh, we all hope that. <laughs> There will be some ta some kind of smash to uh, points, uh, dices, or something like that. So maybe we don't have the full picture of the armies we will we will play. So I think we have to take the results that are coming with a bit of salt. I think, of course, the the rules are there, and we all know the numbers. If you get a right knight with three sixes, you kill everything, and that's it. And and then you play three right knights, and you win everything. We know. I think we know that it's not gonna be the way. So, uh, according to us as a team, I think we have a uh, like five uh, roles, rosters, or something like that, pretty defined. Even though they nerf, they change something. I think we are a bit of comfortable in the point we are with five people. I guess maybe we have some doubts with three people how to to focus them, uh, pairing wise, uh, list wise, and uh, I hope to to know more about that uh, in the next weeks, so we can just say uh, something like more more final i guess mm -hmm. but yes we like are China. we are comfortable in the from five people right now 
Okay. That seems to be like pretty common from the WTC community, from what I've been hearing from people on teams, is that their first like five or six are real easy, and then the last two are very hard. Yes, uh, we had a problem <laughs> last year with the last one, which was like a 20 zero every round. So the, the last one or two picks are the the real problem, I guess, because you can end up with a with a wrong list that uh, fucks all the pairings because you cannot start a pairing with a 20-0 every round. It is a lack. I mean, you know, if it goes wrong, you can blame the new edition. If it goes right, you can say, like the Australians did, that you were very creative with your lists. And... Yeah, for sure, but <laughs> I don't know if that will happen. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed that, that it actually does. So tell me this. Do you invest any time into, out of lack of a better word, spying on other teams? So do you try to find out what the other teams are uh, doing, what they're going to bring, you know, the, what lists they're trying out uh, and so on is, is there is any effort going into this or are you rather focusing on you know your own development your own list choice etc etc if i tell you that 10 minutes before this interview i subscribe to bcp gives you some kind of clue <laughs> <laughs> okay understood <laughs> all right uh, but, uh, so so tell me this because there are four newcomers this year uh there are four new teams that haven't been there before i think it's cyprus israel uh south africa and new zealand do you know anything about those teams or will this be like a complete dark horse in in, in this year's event i this year i don't know much about any team actually mm-hmm. last year i was chatting with with uh, Netherlands, for example, exchanging lists and preparing things together and uh, screaming and so on. But this year, I, I think I don't know anything about uh, anyone. So even Germany, Poland, which are teams who with good relationship and we play against them, we don't know anything about them. So uh, I don't even know who is the captain even from these new four new teams. Of course, I don't know anything. Okay. All right. But because I'm a bit lazy of trying to spy, as, as you said, I, I, <laughs> it's not my thing. I mean, with the new edition and everything that is going on, it's just difficult to keep up with everything, especially with yeah. rules changing yeah. all the time, etc. I can completely understand that. Yeah, captaincy changes and so on. I think yeah. I have enough with my team who are just uh, a bunch of, of kids and, <laughs> and that's enough. <laughs> You wanted to ask Talk, no? <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, I wanted to ask, I, I mean, I don't know if Nathan or Joker want to shoot I, a question, but yeah. I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people who don't know a lot about the WTC or who are maybe more getting interested in the WTC, for people who live in Spain, what is the method for getting involved with the WTC team in Spain? Well, first of all, you have to play in the WTC format uh, team tournaments, which are we here in Spain. We play a lot of team tournaments. There are not that many individual events, but uh, team tournaments we have like I don't know between twenty or thirty a year. 
I don't know. Okay. I'm just talking about just talk for talk, but uh, a lot of team tournaments. And if you are a good player, you will. Uh, if you play in these tournaments and then in the circuit from WTC, you are seen. So the results are there. So first of all, you have to play, and that's it. If you are you play and you are interested, you will uh, eventually contact someone that is in the WhatsApp group because I know a lot of people and physically I don't have met even not even the half of the group. So. Uh, anyone that really wants to be a part of the WTC community, I think they have no problem with that. Just contact us, uh, mail, Instagram, Facebook, or anything like that, or ask a friend who is within the WhatsApp group, and he joins. Actually, today I uh, added one person to the group, or yesterday I added three people or something like that. So the, the group is totally open for anyone that wants to get in, of course. And are your events welcome to people from abroad as well? Or does it happen that people come? Because, you know, Spain usually gets invaded by the British during the summer and so on. So do they come and play at your events as well? Or is it like mainly Spanish people over there? Mainly Spanish people. I don't know why, but mainly Spanish people. Uh, Talavera, uh, yes, was a tournament that, uh, that brings some people from the outside of Spain. But I don't think any other tournament uh, got that. Okay. So if, say, somebody who comes from an English-speaking country wanted to play in Spain, is speaking Spanish probably a good thing to be able to have if you're going to play at Talavera or one of the team events there? Yes, uh, it is not needed because now a lot of people can play in English, but uh, speaking, well, like me, just trying to. But uh, I think, uh, uh, for example, in Madrid, you don't have any problem. You won't have any problem to, to play in English. Okay. That's cool. And good to know. So everyone, if you're interested, hit Madrid. <laughs> um, so I really have a, a maybe a weird question. Um, again, a question that I don't think we uh, we touch upon a lot during the show, but something that I personally find extremely interesting. So if, if not for anyone else, it's for me. Uh, the WTC is a place where, I mean, you have 34 teams of eight players, so a ton of people. Many of those people are famous around the world. Sweaty as fuck, you mean? <laughs> uh, well, one of them, but you know, but there are people who uh, who have YouTube channels. There are people who have, uh, I don't know, coaching uh, services and so on. There are people who, like Nathan and all the people from StatCheck, you know, they 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 just have an awesome show that many people watch. So your team is going to face those people. David Gaylord from New Zealand, uh, Ines from Scotland, um, um, Anthony Vanella from the United States and so on. Does this cause any issues? Are people, or is it possible that the people facing internet celebrities will feel star starstruck? And then what would be your approach to dealing with that? I don't think that it's a problem because um, here in Spain, the, the top tables are usually streamed so i think people is used to be on the internet be on, mm -hmm. on live so i don't think that's a problem maybe playing against for example nick narabati uh, or something like that or Marichima, who are famous players uh, maybe 
our players are a bit scared, but I don't think there is the real problem there because the, okay. they, are, they have a strong mentality to to just smash them <laughs> okay so you you did mention this a little bit but we didn't really delve into the topic but is there a like a spanish youtube scene that we should know about or like is there anything that you maybe could recommend to our viewers to go and check out well, there are uh, like um, two big channels that uh, do battle reports and community content like hobby and something like that. Uh, the first one is Astrategas War Games, which is uh, mainly battle reports and uh, competitive analysis. And the other one is uh, Deep Games, which is one of the most famous. And, and these guys do battle reports, but also painting and stuff like that. I think these are the main two channels here in Spain. Of course, there are uh, many of them, even uh, in Twitch. We have La Voz de Orus, which is uh, our uh, greatest podcast. It is a uh, big and very listened. And I think they have also a, a Twitch channel, but I'm not that fan of the YouTube thing, so I cannot tell you more of them. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, after the show, if you could send me the names of those shows and I will include them in the description of this one because sure, and yes. Mm -hmm. If I, I if, if I found any any other channel I I will send it to you. Yeah, it would be really cool because I think Spain is like a a, a sleeper nation maybe because of the uh, language barrier or something like this that not not many people really know a lot about like even even you know i've mentioned this in in our pre-show conversation we intend to make a show that is about european gaming and we do speak to people from scandinavia from germany and so on from the uk but we've never had anyone from spain on the show just because it, i don't know too far away or something yeah. i have no idea joker <laughs> why <laughs> i'm a bit shy as well either. i have to say <laughs> yeah exactly so uh so it would be nice to just bring the you know more information about the spanish community to the internet out there so yeah if you can provide me with those names and some links that would be uh that would be great not only for us sure, but no also problem. for our viewers of course All right. yeah, there was a point for elvio one year where the spanish the spanish language stream had more viewers than the English language FLG stream did. Yes. And I, I think that was the moment where I was suddenly introduced to the fact that Spain's scene is humongous. And yes, maybe people you, just don't know it. You have Latin America too, which is speak Spanish, mm -hmm. and maybe they want to see the Spanish streaming. So I think this is the first year the WTC uh, will get the, the Spanish stream. So it mm -hmm. is a nice point of approach to the community. So. I think it's it's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a nod to the Spanish-speaking part of the of the community, and uh, and it's great that it's growing that way. Um, gents, any other questions? Uh, I was thinking about moving to tenth. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. So is it time huh. to trash talk tenth again some more? Yeah. I, <laughs> think <laughs> I think it is. So uh, so so Gabriel. Uh, Last time when we had Pumba on the show, from so the captain of the Polish national team, he said that uh, the Polish players have, it was a week ago, bear in mind, but they said they have like 20 games played or something like that individually. Yesterday, it's Wednesday, today, no, it's Thursday. So two days ago on StatCheck, Anthony said that within, I think, the, the first, Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first 
10 days, he played 30 games of 10th yeah. edition. Yeah. So can the Spanish players boast the same? And how do you feel about the 10th edition then? Well, I, I don't think we played, <laughs> adding every game we played, I don't think we reached the 30 games of, of that guy. <laughs> yeah, so Anthony but, is crazy about yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, for example, I think I played like five games or something like that, but I'm not a player, so I'm not worried about that. My mm. players, some players have played like three, four games. They are just uh, doing lists. And so, of course, there are players that maybe play three games in a day, like a tournament, but uh, other guys have families and children and something like that, and they cannot play that much, of course. And we all, as I said, we all are waiting to the final rules, the final tables, so we can start real practice. I think uh, games here, of course, are a bit dominated from the towering, from the elder and something like that, and we can get the, the final conclusions. So. Um, they are not like a uh, super obsessed with playing right now because a lot of people actually don't like the state of the game right now it is a it is a fact i think it is not fun when you wipe all of your opponent's army in two turns with no with no point of play so i think um, a lot of people is in that mood but uh, yes i think like uh, 20 games uh, for something like that for the team, that's the point when we we are. When we are. Um, are there right. rule? Oh, sorry. No, go, go on. Ahead. Go on. Oh. Is there a rule intent that you do like, though? I feel like a lot of people have a lot of rules that they hate, but are there anything intent that you you think is a good change, or at least is a positive play experience change? I think uh, ten edition is a good edition. I think uh, the rules are fine. The only thing that I think it is a bit of um, return back to the previous editions in the shooty version is this the the difficult uh, combat uh, manipulation. Uh, it was a really important thing in ninth edition when you can use the combat and use the church to move around the table to in like um, create some really good plays and that the opponent doesn't even think about with the moves, the consolidation, the pilings, the the things like uh, I just charge you here, but now I consolidate uh, piling into the other guy, so you cannot fight me. But then I consolidate into the other guy, so you then cannot shoot. I think the, all of this is lost in tenth edition because you are like a bit of um, constrained uh, to do what the rules say that you have to base and you want to fight, you have to base and okay, you kill your opponent, do you want to consolidate? Yes, you have to engage or you have to go into an objective, you cannot, then you cannot move at all. So that is a bit of, um, a, I think a bit of a disappointment for many of the players here, which uh, like how the combat phase was working in, in ninth edition, but Apart from that, I think the core rules are good. The 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 way the rule book is written and the special rules back, I think it everything is a positive thing, especially for the new player, to have everything on the on the just the book. And of course, you have the rules reference, but 
I think that it is more focused about the specific tournament play and in the more complex situations like uh, the WTC FAQ, you don't need to to know it perfectly to play the game. I think the core rules are uh, are, good, are really good written, and I actually like the the rules. The problem, of course, as we said before, the towering. I think the, the towering is a good solution of the problem that was the the big knights the, in the last edition. You, I played Imperial Knights in the last edition, and it was like, I will hide my biggest knight in this ruin, and this guy won't fight, won't shoot anything in the in the game, and just he's here for the buffs. And I think I'm spending like one quarter of my list in just buff and, and don't do anything, because he if he goes out of the ruin, he will just die. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that was a shit, because it was uh, they call they could be shot in the in the small rings of the WTC with you cannot fire back at the at the unit you it was firing at you so that was a bit of a problem for me the towering solves that but the towering I think it is a bit um, powerful but I don't think it's for the rule it is for the points. Uh, I think, and of course for the terrain, because if you play in a proper terrain, the towering means not that much. Of course, you get line of sight, but if you are high under a under a wall or something like that, you are you are still need line of sight to to shoot. So, I think it's not the towering keyword the problem. The the terrain and the points are the problem because you actually can fit more big knights than earlier, which uh, is a bit awkward when a lot of factions were up in points. So it is in that I think that point is the one of the biggest problems of the edition. And the devastating wound mechanic I think is not that bad, but of course the, the points should be according to that. We all know that the night spinner doing mortal wounds and rerolling to wound it's a fourth one hundred and forty points. It is a bit uh, just math, as the same as race night. And even though when yep. you have the auto sixes from the dices, we all know that is that is underpriced. And if the right night costs six hundred points, five hundred points, I don't think it's a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I yes. think the rules are good. I like the rules, except from the the little part of the combat, which I think uh, we could go back to ninth edition. But uh, anything else, I think it's good. Even the stratagems are, the basic stratagems are really powerful, very interesting to use, not like the ones before, which you can, you, you just use the reroll and the counteroffensive and that's it. Maybe the insane bravery, but you have now eight stratagems that are good and you can use really in the game. And I think one other positive change is that we have less stratagems. I think it is a very nice change because for someone who is new to the game and then wants to start competing, it is very hard to learn all the fucking profiles of the army. But if you add the stratagems, the rules from other detachments or something like that that we that we had in in ninth edition, the the supplements that the, were like the the, the Moculus Coven, the the march, the the mechanical thing, and so on. They added more, even more stratagems to the game. I think that was a problem for the for entering the game. 
And I think that's a positive change too. Uh, with, you have 14 stratagems and that's it. I think it, it's very good. Yeah, I think you touched on, an, on an, uh, just one, one sentence of commentary. I think you, uh, you touched upon an important point that was uh, confirmed by Lim, whom you've mentioned already, uh, I think on Art of War, very recent episode where he was interviewed by um, uh, Nick Naravari. And he said that, yeah, we all forget that with 10th edition, GW is not only focusing on the existing player base, but they are also focusing on the newcomers and new players to the hobby. They want to bring as many people as possible. And with that in mind, the game just cannot be the, the ent entry threshold cannot be like that high because it will just deter people from the game. So what they are trying to do is bring everything down a little bit, tone down a little, everything a little bit, just to make it a little bit more attractive to newer players. And it's very easy to forget when you focus on this competitive scene all the time. Uh, sorry, Joker, back to you. Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, Gabriel, what do you think of the missions, though, uh, returning uh, the of the card system? I have to say that I love the cards, and it was my the most loved thing about the uh, seventh edition. It, I think it was seventh mm -hmm. edition yep. was the Maelstrom deck. For me, it was a very, very interesting way to play because you have to adapt to not only to the opponent and the and you have to react the opponent and the way he moves, but you also have to adapt the things you have to do to score points. So for me, it was amazing and super fun to play. And the tactical deck uh, we have now, I think it is quite good because you still uh, have the chance to to just pick two secondaries and that's it. And you can design your list to maybe play for it, but not the way that ninth edition uh, was uh, played, I mean, if you play Dark Angels in ninth edition, you knew you will score 45 secondary points, even if your opponent uh, almost tables you. And I think that was very, very boring, actually, because you ended up uh, choosing the same secondaries all over and over. And with the new deck, you still can go for engage on all fronts from something like that. Or if the opponent is heavy on characters, you play assassination, okay? But it's not that like you have all the points just scored from, from secondaries. I think that's a good point. And the tactical missions in the, the tactical play in, in which you just pick two cards every turn and try to accomplish them, I think it's very well worked. I think it's a very good deck. You have uh, some things to, some cards that, are, that instructs you to kill, some cards that instructs you to do actions, well, the ninth edition actions, I mean. And I think it, it, they have a good balance, and you have you still have the one CP stratagem to just swap a new order, or you have you can discard a card to get one CP. So it is not like oh, I draw like a, a sheet of cards, and so I will spend four turns, two turns, into doing nothing more than cycling my card. No, you have two cards, and almost every card is accomplishable. It's maybe stack the. Um, the control your opponent's uh, objective marker, but um, the others are maybe accomplished, accomplishable. So I think the, the deck is good. I, I actually like it. 
I regret playing my last games with fiction missions mm. <laughs> because I really love the, the tactical, but uh, I think it, for the moment it was the, the correct choice. But I think the tactical missions are very fun and, and I love to play it. Yeah, I mean the fixed one. You just you just have to try them to know what what they are like. But do you think that your younger players, especially uh, players who perhaps have not been playing in seventh when the, uh, the the mission deck was a thing, do you think it's going to be hard for them to adapt to the new reality, or have they like grasped it like that? Our newest players are like um, how do I say it? They have a lot of time. So they can practice a lot. <laughs> so that's no okay. problem for them. I think they they got it even earlier than us. So no problem for Fair them. Enough. Even it is a mechanic that they didn't play before, but it is a I think a very intuitive mechanic, um, very easy to understand and easy to to accomplish. So I don't think it is a problem. Even for new players, I think it is very straightforward and even easier than primary because. For primary, you I think you need to to think about uh, next turns, how you will be positioned, how can you hold this point without um, your opponent killing your units. But with the tactical, just you go there, you do an action, or you kill a unit, and you get the points. So I think it is here for everybody. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that the last game I played on TTS. I don't know how about the other guys, but uh, I played that mission for the first time where you actually have to push objectives towards your opponent's like deployment zone yeah, and it caught me bomb. completely yeah but it caught me like completely by surprise because <laughs> i was putting my units on the objective and was like ha i'm holding this right now they're like but you're supposed to move it and i'm like what do you mean move it and especially with things like these uh i don't imagine doing that on an actual table with this because it would mean moving half of the terrain around which I think I need to get new objectives. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like well, Games Workshop decided to obsolete our little ne our neoprene markers that yeah, we all bought exactly. in the last editions. <laughs> I expect the, that um, that particular mission is not played in WTC because it is a, <laughs> a pain in the ass for, uh, I think, everybody. I mean, it's fun as hell once you get the grasp of it uh, or the gist of it, but it is problematic when it, <laughs> when it comes to like practicality and so on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I need to ask you, and this will this will be a question to all three of you now, uh, because there is one aspect of this tenth edition that no one really speaks about. I feel, and I'm just curious: has any of you, Joker? I know that you went to an event this last weekend and played five games in a row. Nathan, you must have played some as well. Uh, Draven, you're obviously training for the WTC. Has anyone ever used a gambit? So I want to say, I still haven't played my first game of 10th edition yet. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I can tell you what I'm hearing from people who have talked to me about it. Yeah, that's is that good enough. <laughs> people have been playing Gambits. Okay. But Gambits, from what I've understood, have not won any games based on people I've talked to so far. Like people okay. have taken them, but it's never caused the game to flip from why that person was taking the gambit in the first place which was that they were going to lose mm -hmm. okay understood yeah one of my opponents played one gambit once but it was like the the one who, who the one in which you have to 
scan the the corners i think and you have to roll a 12 so i think it, that's the the worst one because they just roll and in the best of cases you add two so you still mm -hmm. need to roll a 10 maybe so it is very hard to achieve and of course it's it is just a, a dice roll so yeah i think the others are um, even interesting to play or fun to try and even they can be scorable controllable or something like that but of course the corners do still need to roll very high so the others are like rolling on four plus and if you do the things you have to do if you even can reach the 50 percent uh, success so it is um, reasonable so uh, the gamuts are there but I don't see, I don't expect they get into play that much. Mm. All right, Joker, your experience with that? Uh, I have not played the Gambit or any Gambit, and neither have any of my opponents. Um, to be fair, I don't think I've even read all of them. That's what I wanted to ask about. Like, have you at <laughs> least read them? Because I haven't. <laughs> they are four guys, please. <laughs> In the end of 14. Look, I have to. I'm gonna. I'm running an RTT in like two weeks, so I had to sit down today and really make sure that I went through all of the rule books, all of the commentary, and all of the missions. <laughs> but even I am not predicting like people taking gambits, like in situations that are good. The only one that I've heard that people like have even remotely had success with is that scanning one, because that's the orbital bombardment one, right? That's the one that I've heard people have thought you could succeed with just because it scores so many points. But that's it. That's, that was the one. Yeah, but as I said, I, I haven't read, uh, even read them, so uh, I probably should because we're going to an I'm going to an overnight tournament this Saturday, so perhaps knowing the gambits could help if I do poorly, but uh, I don't I know feel if like I have the time. With you should your just rolling, win. You, the, yeah. <laughs> Just, just go for a win, because if you're rolling, they're not going to help you, mate. Yeah, that's why I, you know, I switched to from Death Guard to an easier faction. So I'm, I'm going to be playing Custodian this time, which is just like a four up and four up and four up and four up. Uh, and the test game that I've played just went so smoothly against Imperial Knights. Like I, I just, just went through them without even thinking so if all games are going to be like that i'm going to have a good time and i'm going to come back home early because usually we finish those overnight tournaments at like 3 a.m with custodies i hope it's going to be like midnight <laughs> oh man this sounds like an iron man type event where you're just going for five in one day basically no it's just three it's just three so uh okay. you know it's, it's short it's like an rtc <laughs> but but still it does begin at like 8 p.m and finishes somewhere around 3 a.m. or something like that, if there are people who want to play their third game, actually. This is the kind of overnight event I don't think I've ever heard of, because when I was thinking overnight, I was like, oh, a two-day event. But no, you mean like... I mean an actual night, a, you night mean like a, You mean like a midnight to 3 a.m. Yeah, no, so... It starts at like 6 p.m. and finishes at 3, yeah, three rounds. Uh, is this like... We do this at our local store uh, each month, essentially. Mm -hmm. Is this like a, a thing just for just for is this like it's a, it's a thing for, it's a thing for dads and people who oh, you know, I see. have a hard time finding time to play and so on okay. or i don't know just people who have a difficult time getting out of the house uh they can come there I, and just test things i understand i understand okay yeah 
So, uh, yeah, keep your fingers crossed because uh, it's going to be my first time showing live with Custodies, not on TTS. So we'll see how it goes. Um, right. Uh, Gabriel, is there anything that you would like to plug, like anything extra apart from the things that we mentioned? Anything else that you would like to mention to the internet community, Warhammer 40k community at large? Um, anything that they should know about Spain, the Spanish team, or yourself? Well, about myself, I'm short and thin, so I'm not very attractive. <laughs> it will be easy to find you at the event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say one thing about the last year's event. I hope uh, anyone, nobody gets uh, offended about this, but uh, when we were coming uh, to the hotel, uh, when we finished, I think it was the first day, we met some Spanish and uh, they asked it, as um, if there was some kind of fat convention because <laughs> <laughs> they were like <laughs> oh, they saw a lot of people a lot of people are fat <laughs> and we were like the only ones that were seeing and we have the Spanish flag there and they approached us and asked hey guys there are some kind of fat convention or something like that <laughs> Oh, it took us it took us an hour and fifty minutes to get to this point where it closed. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm gonna make it worse in just a second. <laughs> Go on, I can't wait. So I'm gonna continue our bird related combat questions. <laughs> okay. Shoot. Uh who so who, Gabrielle, is going to win in a fight? An American pigeon or a Spanish pigeon? <laughs> Well, an American pigeon has to eat a lot of burgers, so there, are, there is no doubt. <laughs> again, we have the same, you know, the approach. same thing. It's the same thing again. It's just the American food system is terrible and creates mutant birds. I love it. It's great. <laughs> well, it is a fact. We we are like a bit of a, maybe um, how do I say it? Um, wild people, but we eat healthy. <laughs> I mean, we, we, me and my wife spent our honeymoon in, in Spain, so I understand. The food was amazing. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The food is one of the good things here in Spain. The people is, are good, too. I mean, we are not that toxic. We are not that... We don't have the, the community we had the years before, okay? I have to say this, uh, because um, maybe the... The idea of the international uh, scene from the Spanish community is with, like we are a bit of toxic or something like, or very emotional or something like that. But uh, I think now the community is way healthier. The people are very kind. Of course, they are competitive. Of course, you can uh, get some discussion. But the the community, I think, it is um, very nice. I think anyone who will, who, I think. Uh, all the games will be a pleasure to for our opponents in the in the WTC. So I expect awesome. that. That's really excellent. Cool. And we are thin. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you exceptional, uh, Nathan. Do you have because it, you, if you made it sound as if you had like a series of questions about birds, or no. was that the only one? <laughs> I'm just going to come up with a different bird combat question for each episode that I'm on. Uh, Today's great. today is pigeons. Is this like the? Um, the Monty Python uh, Holy Grail or something like that. Ish. I don't know. 
It kind of, I don't know. I've decided that I might as well just have something weird for every episode to just kind of bamboozle some poor, mostly European people. Unexpected European <laughs> yeah. people, yeah. So last, last time we had geese, so we had the, the clash of the American goose versus the European goose, and the answer from Pumbaa was exactly like yours. The, 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 the American goose is, you know, feeds on hamburgers and unhealthy food. It's going to mutate and just kill the European goose. And somehow you managed to come up with an identical answer. I think there starts to be a pattern there. Yeah. Look, if every single European captain answers just the same way for their WTC stuff. I'll be like, that's great. Perfect. I know what's wrong with my country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay. I think we're we're uh we already at that mark where, where we are uh, getting close to to a finish. Thank you, Gabriel, for sorry, Gabriel, for uh for joining us. It's been an enormous pleasure to host you. Uh and we Hold our, I mean, we cross our fingers that Spain does even better than they did last year. Because uh, to anyone who might be wondering, Spain finished ninth last year, and this is the reason why we are talking because we are interviewing like the top ten teams from last year, plus potentially the newcomers, maybe the uh, United Nations team if we have the time before the event to actually squeeze that in because the schedule is very tight. So yeah, once more, Gabriel, it, it, you've been amazing. Your English is amazing, even if you claim otherwise. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to, to meet you at the event. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you, guys. It was a real pleasure to be here. And I had a lot of fun. So it was very, very, very good talk. And I expect that we do better than last year. Because uh, for me, it was like a, not that good of a result according to the, to the effort we put on it so i expect to this year maybe hopefully end on top five i expect something like that so cool. i hope to see you there and cheer for us yeah absolutely i wanted to say we absolutely. we 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 will be there to cheer for you so we will find you at the table and be like little cheerleaders for you so you can count on us <laughs> thank you mate <laughs> right um so to anyone uh, listening or watching us on youtube uh we have the same request as we have every single time. So please subscribe, please like, please follow, uh, click that bell button to get latest notifications if you want to be up to date with what we release. Uh, obviously we are on, on, on Spotify and all the other uh, media outlets. So pick one or more and like us there and follow us there. Uh, this will appear on Spotify very quickly. So um, yeah, thanks for following. Thanks for watching and we're, recording the next one with Netherlands, I think, on Monday. So stay tuned because there's going to be a lot of good banter as well. And from what I know, Nathan is still joining us for that episode. <laughs> for bird combat insight. <laughs> yeah, just think of a good bird this time. <laughs> I'm gonna oh I'll think of another good bird. Don't worry, I'll figure it out. Exactly. Ask for another country mate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um Thank you, Joker, for, for being an awesome host, as always. Uh, thank you, Nathan, for joining us yet again and for bringing your beard <laughs> questions to, to, to the show. Uh, I can't uh, wait for the next beard question. Thanks, goodbye. everyone. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>